From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. For decades, the American dollar has been the international currency of choice for investors, for markets, and even other governments. If you want to know the price of a barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia, it's in dollars. How much is that ounce of gold mined in China? It's also in dollars. But there have been some recent developments that indicate that the long-running supremacy of the almighty dollar isn't guaranteed. And while this probably isn't keeping you up at night, the dollar losing that top spot could spell trouble for American economic stability in the long term. With me is Peter Coy, economics editor for Bloomberg Businessweek and the author of the recent story, The Tyranny of the U.S. Dollar. Peter, good morning. Thank you. So first, why has the dollar been the world's leading currency? Well, it has a lot to do with the economic strength of the United States. You know, it used to be the British pound. British pound lost some of its influence after World War I and then more after World War II. And the dollar was ascendant just because the U.S. economy was ascendant. The U.S. accounted for something like half of world GDP right after the war. And so it made sense that you would transact in dollars. And the U.S. was the co-founder of the United Nations, the World Bank, you know, the International Monetary Fund, everything. It just made sense that if you're going to do business, you would do it in dollars. So what kind of power does the U.S. have with the dollar as the global currency of choice? There's soft power and there's hard power. I would say the soft power is just that the U.S. is kind of the locus. It's the center of, uh, of everything. The Federal Reserve becomes, in a sense, the world's central bank, not just the U.S. central bank, because when the U.S. raises interest rates, it causes stress in the developing world, for example. That's happening right now. When the U.S. cuts rates, everybody cheers all over the world because now stock prices are going to go up. And, and, and it becomes more affordable to borrow money. And the, the hard power aspect we're seeing right now, because everything goes through dollars, the U.S. has is a choke point, and it uses that for things like sanctions. So we have sanctions on Russia, on North Korea, Iran. And a lot of countries are not pleased with the actions that the Trump administration is taking. Right, because remember, there was a deal to remove sanctions from Iran, and then the Trump administration withdrew from that. And in November, they had to reimpose sanctions. The Europeans don't like that. But the U.S. is threatening that if any European bank does business with Iran and runs afoul of the sanctions, for example, inadvertently does business with the Iran Revolutionary Guard Corps, that it will be subject to punishment and will, for example, be deprived of doing business with American banks, which is kind of a death sentence for any kind of bank outside the United States. So in a way, some of these actions that the Trump administration is taking, you're seeing a reaction around the world that could actually have an effect on the dollar's position. Well, what's happening now is the Europeans are saying, this is intolerable. We need to be able to have our own foreign policy Uh, not just do whatever the Trump administration wants us to do. And so when the UN General Assembly happened in New York recently, there was a lot of discussions on the sidelines about what Europeans could do that would allow European companies and maybe Russian and Chinese companies as well do business with Iran without running afoul of the sanctions. Are there other countries or other people who are arguing or trying to challenge the position that the dollar has? We have China having put together a yuan-denominated oil futures contract. You know, right now, oil is denominated entirely in dollars, so that would be a big change if people started trading oil in yuan. And Russia attempting to get out from under the sanctions. Overall, the picture is kind of a dissatisfaction with the ability of the U.S. 
to exert international influence through its control of the international payments system in dollars. How much does this really matter to the average American citizen? You know, I have to say that on a daily basis, you're going to not notice it too much. I mean, it's convenient if you go to Ecuador and uh, the prices are in dollars because they've gone completely dollarized. To some degree, it probably holds down the price of products imported into the U.S. just because kind of everybody wants dollars. So there's sort of an extra fillip of demand for dollars, which makes the dollar uh, exchange rate favorable. Is there a downside to having the dollar being the world's currency? Well, there is. The very fact that the rest of the world wants dollars means that the way they accumulate them is by selling stuff to the U.S., taking the dollars and then keeping the dollars instead of using those dollars to buy American products, which creates a trade deficit. And we've seen we've had trade deficits. We've had chronic you know, deficits for decades now. There's something called the Triffin Dilemma, which gets at that. Triffin Dilemma says that any country that is going to have the anchor currency of the world is going to have to kind of run trade deficits. That's the way the whole thing works. Basically, if the dollar is the main currency, we're going to have these deficits. Yeah, because the rest of the world wants our dollars. They don't want our products, you might say, to simplify. So what happens? After some period of time, people start to say, wow, we've been kind of, in effect, lending a lot to the U.S. Uh, They've been running these big trade deficits. How safe is this? And then at that point, you could have... It hasn't happened yet, and it may not happen for a long, long time, but you have a, a loss of confidence in the dollar and people deciding, no, they got their money out. So is there a viable contender to replace the dollar? I would say the best thing the U.S. dollar has going for it is that there is no logical contender on the horizon. The two ones you would hear talked about are the euro. problem with the euro, there's not a single government standing behind the euro, there's no common taxing and spending policy. The other one would be the Chinese yuan, just because China is the world's second biggest economy. The problem with China is that its currency is not internationalized. There's not a lot of yuan circulating outside China. And also, it's just kind of a closed economy. And for political reasons, it probably will stay closed for some time to come. So it's not that people wouldn't want to use a currency other than the dollar. It's just there's not a real viable option out there. Right. It's the um, best looking horse in the glue factory. So, you know, thinking about all this, I'm reminded of how French used to be the language of diplomacy. uh, And that faded out when English became much more popular. And I'm wondering if there's sort of a similar thing happening here with the dollar, that while it is what we know right now is the currency that's used around the world, that place is not assured. It is definitely not assured. And the best way, if you do want to keep the U.S. dollar's role primary would be to run a strong economy, not overuse sanctions, which are going to frighten other people away. And just generally, it has to be an attractive currency that people want to hold voluntarily. That would keep the dollars the lingua franca. Peter Coy is the economics editor at Bloomberg Businessweek. You can find a link to his recent story, The Tyranny of the U.S. Dollar, at our website, moneytalking.org. Peter, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. Thank you.